0: for a few reasons as a matter of fact you know that story the civility in campaigning and electioneering yeah that video which has gone viral made by Chris Peterson and Spencer Cox as they here in the state of Utah compete to occupy the governor's mansion i have uh, and i've explained this room to you before you, you can see it if you download the KSL news radio app that's powered by any hour services we have a uh, like a like a camera that looks into the room. We stream it live. So if you want to wave, uh, I, you can see me there on the camera. I'll wave back at you. Well, in this room, I have a, a wall of TV screens, and each of those screens is tuned to a different news outlet. Many of them are the 24 hour news outlets plus the local uh, networks. Uh, anyway, I have just thus far this morning seen. Uh, seen interviews granted by Spencer Cox and Chris Peterson on two uh, of the three uh, screens I have here in front of me and uh, that's all very good uh, I I am very pleased that that number one that story still has legs and they're getting nationwide interviews uh, and number two uh, I am simply happy that that they did it in the first place uh, now the other the thing I want to share with you is another bit of news which has catapulted Utah to uh, you know nationwide news status and it's unfortunately uh, not the good kind of news. I saw uh, just about 10 minutes ago interviewed on I believe it was CNN uh, Dr. Russell Vinick. He with the University of Utah, he's their chief medical operations officer and it was just a few days ago it was announced that uh, that the intensive care units <clears throat> for the healthcare system, University of Utah healthcare system, were operating at 104% capacity, meaning they were 104% full. We're going to get into the details on this later on, but uh, we are in uh, some dangerous territory right now. And the danger comes from exhausting our manpower resources. And a very scary word has come up over the past few days, and that is rationing. The rationing of healthcare resources, the evaluating two people who on any other day would both be warranting uh, of intensive care unit care and added scrutiny being applied to their circumstances because, well, there's only space for one of the two of you. Circumstances like that are quickly approaching. We're going to hear from uh, Greg Bell. We're going to hear from the governor's office. We're going to hear from a number of individuals on this topic later on uh, because it is very important right here. And the situation is to such a degree uh, that, well, national news outlets are, are catching wind and sharing our story. So let's, uh, you know, for the next little while, do what we can to combat this. Let's combat it until uh, it is gone and done and a distant memory. Uh, I will point out before, I told you we're going to share a letter from Iron County. We're going to get to that in just a moment. It has to do with the commissioner's response to the governor's announced COVID-19 transmission index. Uh, They, you know, with a very different type of place is Iron County. They would like to approach things very differently, and a letter explains that. We'll get into that in just a moment. But first, uh, I have some some new numbers which have just been released from the Department of Health looking at, at the number of Utahns who have tested positive, uh, the increase has is a number twelve hundred and one. Twelve hundred and one additional Utahns have tested positive for the coronavirus. That uh, that comes from. Five thousand seven hundred and forty-five tests administered. Uh, I've been keeping kind of loose track of the number of individuals tested each day, and fifty-seven hundred is a is a relatively low number. There have been stretches where we have seen tests uh, up into the eight, nine, and ten thousand uh, daily tests range. Not sure. Maybe it's because uh, it was we're coming off the weekend, uh, but that number is is uncharacteristically low for the relatively recent trends. Now, speaking of trends, with that number of one thousand two hundred and one Utahns testing positive for the coronavirus, that uh, alters our rolling seven day average for positive tests, uh, bringing it to fourteen hundred. And 94, 1494. Think about this, just, uh, just two months ago in fact, I think maybe six weeks even, uh, we were seeing numbers below 400. Now we have jumped <clears throat> to a seven-day average uh, by, uh, by over 1,000. And now this last number I'll share with you. Well, no, not, not the last. There are some others I've got to share. But this one uh, is, for me at least, the most startling. And it's the rolling seven-day average for percent positive laboratory tests. This is the one that's kind of like the, the, the normalizer. This is the one that gives us the broadest of looks at what is exactly happening. And the rolling seven-day average for percent positive laboratory tests is, uh, and it's a record, 17%. 17 percent. We have jumped multiple percentage points in the past week and a half. Hospitalizations, 299. There are currently 299 Utahns uh, suffering in hospital due to the coronavirus. And the last number I'll share, uh, two additional Utahns have lost their lives since yesterday. Two additional Utahns, a male uh, aged between 65 and 84, a Garfield County resident, and a female between the age of 45 and 64, a Washington County resident. Both were hospitalized at the time of their death. So that's where things stand right now. Uh, I will admit that it is scary. I feel the pressure, uh, certainly not as intensely as the medical professionals are feeling it, but I do get that we are moving into uh, uncharted territory. And when I hear words like rationing, Brought up by medical professionals, and uh, specifically Greg Bell, the president of the Utah Hospital Association, I get I get nervous, and it makes me want to redouble my efforts to uh, do whatever I can to to mitigate this uh, spread. You know, because w- w- without hospital numbers, without without hospitalization rates and occupancy rates. Uh, h- if we don't have the coronavirus in our lives, necessarily, to our knowledge, uh, you know, it's hard to say what the impact is. We, we certainly know, uh, you know, that uh, fewer stores are open and that we have to deal with all the distancing and uh, adhering to all of those guidelines. Uh, but, you know, w- without facing it head on, without having firsthand experience, it is all uh, to, to many still theoretical. But that all changes now. That all changes now that. The hospital beds and those who are trained to take care of them uh, have reached their limits and their capacity. We will see things if we continue on this trajectory that we have never before seen in this state and very rarely have seen in this country. All right? We are an advanced first world nation uh, which has the capacity and the knowledge and the manpower to handle almost anything thrown at us. I say almost because this one is testing our limits. I, I Forgive me for getting back on this soapbox. I, I always do this. I, you know, I get worked up by these numbers, uh, but it's because I start thinking about the families. Uh, and, and it hits me right about the time I see the hospitalization number each day. 299 individuals right now. And what do we know about those individuals? We know that due to the protocols in place at all hospitals across the great state, that these 299 Utahns are suffering today alone. Alone. They don't have family next to them. They don't have familiar hands to hold. The compassion that they are experiencing is coming in the form of whatever compassion the nurses are able to share, but their time is pressed as well. 299 Uton's are suffering by themselves, and the highest likelihood is that the two fatalities, the two Uton's who have died since yesterday, died alone, without family nearby. And I don't want any of that on my hands. I'm committed to doing what it takes to get the job done. I've got a mask right here. I'm going to wipe down this whole console when I wrap up the program today. I'm going to hurry home. I'm going to limit my travel. I'm going to steer clear of all those I may encounter. Keep up the physical distancing. I don't like using the phrase social distancing. I know it's uh, really the phrase that we use, but uh, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to kind of further the attitude that we are socially distant from one another. You know, we can still maintain our society, right? So I call it physical distancing. You can call it what you want. apologize again. I got up on this uh, soapbox here, and I uh, didn't have time to share with you the the letter written by Iron County. What I'll do is I'll share that letter to my Facebook page. Uh, it was uh, written and signed by the, the three county commissioners, in uh, iron county iron county right now uh, is dealing with uh, a bit of an uptick in cases if you go to the coronavirus.utah.gov website you can look at county by county data county by county data Uh, iron county falls under the health jurisdiction of the uh, southwest utah department of health right now and it is categorizing the 14-day incident rate at very very high very high the highest of rates If you're looking for a bright spot, the rate stability, though, is assessed at stable in Iron County. With that knowledge, I invite you to make your way over to my Facebook page. I will share that letter there. It is Iron County's response to the governor's announcement of the COVID-19 transmission index. Uh, We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to look backwards at a story we covered here a few weeks ago. It started with a mural on a building Downtown Salt Lake City commemorating uh, the powerful and strong and influential women which have shaped uh, the state we enjoy today. Back then, there were some faces missing. What happened? Well, there have been some additions. We're going to walk through all that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish.